Welcome to episode 521 of the Eventing Radio Show, brought to you by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. We would like to thank our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. Find everything for your eventing needs at bitofbritain.com. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, coming to you this week from North Chaley in England. And I'm Paul Tapner coming to you this week from Swindon Wiltshire in the UK. This week on the show, we are joined by Safi Osborne Fresh from her European Pony Eventing Championship victory. We are also joined by Monique Archer, fresh from her Barbados Team Bronze Medal at the CAC Games, and also Tina Cook, the GB Team stalwart who has just been named on the WEG eventing team for Tryon. Well, Paul, it has been an incredible week. There's been so much going on in eventing. We have a jam-packed show, so we are going to get straight to all of our amazing people right after these messages from our title sponsor. This just in from Bit of Britain. This week only, get 10% off all items in the clearance department at bitofbritain.com by typing Paul and the word clear on the coupon code field at checkout. Once again, this week only, get 10% off all items in the clearance department at bitofbritain.com by typing Paul and the word clear in the coupon code field. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is Safi Osborne, who is the reigning European Pony Eventing Champion. Safi, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Hi, thank you very much for having me. Now, Safi, not only are uh, you were recently crowned at the Bishop Burton Equestrian Centre in uh, GB, where the, the most recent pony eventing European Championships were held, not only did you win the gold medal there individually, I think you might have got a team medal as well, and I think you might have actually defended your title from last year. Just tell us a little bit about um, all of the accolades that you just received. Yeah, so as well as winning individual gold, we also managed to bring home the team gold, which was incredible to do it for everyone because there's so much support behind all the British teams and to be able to do everyone proud was just incredible. Um, It was also so great because back in the Europeans in Hungary last year, we got team silver and I picked up individual silver, so I didn't think I'd ever be able to go back and better it really, so I felt a bit of pressure, but... It all turned out great in the end. Indeed, that's very impressive, not only to be getting an individual gold, but a a team gold at this uh, event. And like you say, last year being on the team, you know, getting uh, medals then as well. So uh, very, very uh, smiles all around. Now, your teammates this year was uh, Daisy Proctor, uh, Hattie Grace and uh, Emily Healy. Uh, Is that the same team as last year? No, it was it was completely different team. So it was it was completely different. So we had we have really great team members. Of course, Connie Gill, who was an individual, was on the team with me last year. Um, so but it was nice because I got to really get to know five other incredible girls who just 
who I think would be friends for life. And that's, I think that's what it's really all about. I've made such good friends through the pony program and everything. And I just, it's, it's two years that I'll really treasure forever, to be honest. So, Safi, you said it's been two years, of course, and um, just explain to some of our listeners who, who are mainly in Canada, the USA, and then, of course, we have many in Britain, but uh, you're in the pony program now. What, what does it look like for the future? How old are you now, and when do you, what is the next step? Obviously, the next step will be juniors and then young riders, I'm guessing. Is that correct? Yeah, so I'm out of ponies now. My ponies just... Um been sold and I've got a nice horse to do juniors on next year hopefully if all goes to plan Uh, I'm also getting my jockey's license I'm going on my jockey's course next week and that's really what I'd love to do as well as the eventing so yeah I'll just see how it goes really so you're getting your jockey's license is that something that you've you've done have you done much riding out for some of the racetracks or various things like that you must have had had a taste of the racing scene in order to uh, want to get your license yeah see my my dad's an ex-jockey and he now trains race horses so I've kind of grown up around it all my life and yeah I think I started riding out when I was 12 or 13 and I kind of just caught the bug really and now I've turned 16 and I can get my license that's really what I'm looking forward to in the next in the next few years anyway so, uh, yeah, indeed, that's the, the, the burning question. Do you know which direction you're going? You're obviously getting your jockey's license. And you're obviously fairly uh, good at this eventing malarkey as well. So uh, uh, is, is there a, a career outside of horses going to happen or is it definitely in horses or definitely racing or definitely eventing or are we going to see you winning winning uh, races one weekend and then coming out and winning the, uh, a, a few more medals in eventing the next weekend? What, what's what's the, the future looking like there? Um, well, I assure you, it will definitely be in horses anyway, but um, no, I'm, I'm going to stay at school and do my A-levels, um, which means I'm going to ride as an amateur, race riding as an amateur for the next two seasons, keep eventing during that time, see how it goes really, and then I'd say when I leave school, I'll, I'll make a decision on which way I'm going to go, but at the moment, I'm... I'd say I'm leaning towards the race riding, but I have to. I've still got the eventing bug anyway. So the plan is basically you're going to just see how things go. What a great place to be in! But I, I think a lot of us <laughs> could, could could sympathize with you. You know, I remember, you know, in my lifetime, I did a few different sports and various things, and everyone used to say to me, "Oh, what if this? What if that?" And I said, "The only thing I know is that I will be involved in horses." So you yeah. you have of course grown up. You said your dad was a jockey and. Uh, so what just tell us sort of what your real upbringing has been it must be a, a very different path have you done you know the 5 a.m breakers and everything have you been uh been been the crash test dummy for years on all those young race oh, horses yeah. <laughs> yeah of course so yeah so my I've grown up around horses all my life and I have three old brothers and none of them have any interest in it whatsoever so I think my parents got a bit of a shock when I decided I wanted to start riding at the age of two or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and yeah, since then I've kind of ridden, I started, yeah, started riding racehorses, um, yeah, 12, 13. And since then I've, I do six lots every morning, start to get up every morning at 5.30 and ride everything from yearlings to the older horses and, and then ride my eventers as well, which is just incredible. I love it. 
Wow, that's a very busy horsey day and, and an interesting day to keep things sort of on, on two different spectrums of the sport, which is exciting. Um, but, you know, there is perhaps a way that you could combine the two. And I know this is a, a big thing in the United States, certainly. Uh, it's still uh, definitely becoming bigger and bigger in the UK. But the retraining of racehorses program, is that something you've thought about? Because, I mean, I know I took on a few ex-racers last year um, in the United States, and I really enjoyed producing them for eventing. It was a wonderful experience. Surely that would be a perfect route for you to to really earn a great business in the future. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting how lots of people do it. But for me, it's, it's the competing side of it. And um, I love producing horses and everything. And I love them um, with the retraining of racehorses program. We have lots of horses that go into polo or eventing. And I find it really interesting. If the right one comes on, you never know really, do you? So it could be interesting. Indeed. Well, I'm very impressed with your level of energy, knowing how many lots you ride before going to school, then going to school, <laughs> then riding your event horses. I'm, I'm feeling, and I think Liz will join me in this, we're feeling remarkably old interviewing you, Safi, but that's fine. We won't dwell on that. Uh, we'll just uh, revisit <laughs> revisit your wonderful pony that just uh, achieved your fourth, would that be right? Am I, is my maths good? Yeah, fourth European medal? Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. most people don't. Most people don't get a single European, uh, oh you know, medal. <laughs> let let alone four of them on the same horse. Now, what's the the the, the treasured pony called? Uh, Little Indian Feather, but she's called Jojo at home. I was going to say, where where do we? Yeah, there's got to be a, a a little bit of shorter name than a, a little Little Indian Feather, which is a very impressive yeah. name. So, so so Jojo is uh, obviously the star of the stable at the moment, getting extra special treats and pats and hugs and, and all those oh, yeah. sort of things. And most of our listeners are, are Australasian-based and in, indeed uh, in the Americas, and we, they don't have the pony system like we do here in Europe. So just tell our listeners a little bit about the pony system. How long have you been uh, competing in the pony trials? Uh, how long are you able to compete anymore? You did mention at the beginning that you're going into juniors next year. So, um, you know, that's a little bit of a foreign system for many of our listeners so if you can just sort of explain that how the how the pony system works yeah so this will be my second and last year in ponies um so we all kind of start at the beginning of the year there'll probably be about 60 of us that go to the first trial and we have a certain amount of trials and a british championship through the course of the beginning of the season to help the selectors choose a team and whittle it down to six of us to go to the European Championship. Well, that sounds um, a very intense time at the beginning of the year. You said 60 people and to get it pushed down that way. So you're, you're used to the sort of pressure that you will possibly be under for juniors next year. And you said you have a very good horse for next year. Can you give us a, a quick little update on, uh, you know, what we can look forward to seeing? Yeah, he, he's really cool. He's an eight-year-old. Um, he came, we brought him from Ireland about a year ago off. A uh, boy called Alex Power who took him to the Junior Europeans in his first season of eventing, and he jumped a double clear and came ninth there in Mill Street. And this year we kind of just been I did I've done a novice on him, and he's going really well, and I'm looking to hopefully do the 
CCI one start at Bicton at the end of the year in preparation for juniors next year. Well, it certainly sounds like you've got it all mapped out and all planned out what's happening with your horses, what's happening with your racing career and your eventing career and also your school career. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it all sounds pretty impressive there. Uh, how can our listeners follow your progress if they're interested? Are you on uh, Snapchat and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and everything or is it just <laughs> one of the favourites? Um, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um Safi Osborne eventing. Uh, I also have Facebook, which is under the same name. But yeah, those would be my two biggest platforms that I'd use. No worries. Well, uh, all of our listeners will be logging on and following you now. So uh, be sure to keep <laughs> them up to date with all of your antics. And uh, I certainly want to see you riding riding one of these races. I'm looking forward to seeing that. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the Eventing Radio Show. The Eventing Riders Association of North America is the collective voice of riders, equine professionals, and owners in pursuit of enhancing the growing sport of eventing in North America. In cooperation with our members, governing bodies, related committees, and organizers, ERA of NA works to improve the overall welfare, safety, visibility, and growth of the sport. ERA of NA, your voice matters for the sport of eventing. Jump in and engage by becoming a member today. Find them online at www.eraofna.com. Joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is a very special guest. It is one of the very first members of the first Barbados Eventing team. It's Monique Archer. Monique, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Hi, Liz. We're so excited to have you on because what an insane journey it has been for you and the other two members of Team Barbados. I mean, I'm not even sure really where to start, but I think that our listeners will gain a a lot of inspiration from your story. And if you could just give us a really quick rundown of of where you've come from and, and where you are right now and what an amazing couple of years it has been. Well, um, I'd say probably like most horsey people, obviously my, my dream has been to ride for my country forever. And about two years ago, I was introduced to Nick Turner, um, in a beachfront bar in Barbados. Um, and I asked Nick to come take a look at our farm to see if we could set up, uh, a training facility there for eventing because there were a group of us that were keen to give it a go. And I asked him if he felt that we could set our goal as the Central American and Caribbean Games, which happened this year. And he said, absolutely. Um, And basically from there, I recognized that there were a few key ingredients. Um, In addition to the, we had four riders at the time, but then um, one rider couldn't continue. So we we all needed horses. That seemed quite important. Um, We needed jumps because we had no cross-country festivals. and uh, we needed a coach. Um, so I told Nick, I put the ball back in his court and I said, well, I can't really go too far unless I have a coach who can make this happen for us in a safe and sustainable manner and could understand that he was dealing with people that had jobs or um, my daughter was at school at the time and she was just finishing her GCSE exams. Um, and then uh, just out of the blue, um, I pretty much given up on the idea because I hadn't heard anything from Nick and I tried another coach and it had gone quite disastrously. 
Um, and basically I got put onto to Joss Gray. And at first I didn't actually want to contact Joss because I thought that was going to be a disaster too. Um, and so I delayed and then Nick contacted me and said, look, I gave you this guy's name. Are you going to call him or not? And I said, oh gosh, I better do it. And I did. And Joss and I hit it off really well. And he came up to Barbados to check the island out and see if it was somewhere that he'd like to live. And I think after enduring the um, the weather in England for a bit, he's quite keen to have some sunshine <laughs> for a little yeah, while. I can't, I, can't, I can't understand why that why he would have wanted to move there. Yeah, I'm looking at my <laughs> lovely English weather now. But, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that was a hard decision well, for him to make. But uh, yeah. struggle. <laughs> he seemed very he seemed very torn. I think it took him about two seconds flat to to say that he thought he could handle the, the weather change. Anyway, I I don't know if he realised quite what he was biting off in terms of the project, but I'll give it to Joss. He definitely sort of jumped right in and and got and really was a tremendous um, tremendous help. We, we couldn't have done any any of what we did without his help. And so he basically packed his whole family up and moved to Barbados. And and I did all the stuff that was needed to make that happen because it's actually not as simple as it sounds. You've got to get work permits from the government, and they're really strict about that. That and um, lots of other bits and pieces, and sorting him out with cars and houses and all of that. Um, and so he moved across and. Then we started, and Joss put me on to Andrew Hunter in the UK, and Andrew and his friend Mike came across, and they built a training course for us at our facility, and my dad was really kind to put in some of the permanent obstacles and bits that we needed, um, like ditches and uh, uh, the water and uh, banks and things like that, so that we would be halfway decently prepared. Um, but I'd like to say at this point, I had certainly never done an event in my life. Um, I'd done a few cross-country fences when I was uh, 13, and I'm 44 now, so that was a little while ago. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I'd done a bit of dressage, not too much of it, and I mostly focused on show jumping, actually. I sure jumped up to meter 40. Um, so, and I just about decided to give up on the dream of writing for Barbados until I met Joss. And, so then we kind of all dug really deep. We jumped on a plane to England. We found some horses. We brought them back to Barbados. And then we started our training in the um, in the U.S. after doing the first stint of training for about six months in Barbados. And then we moved to the U.S. And we started out by doing our first event last September. And then we just completed the CAC Games and won the bronze medal in Bogota a couple of weeks ago. So, Monique... I'm just going to stop you there because in case our (laughs) listeners haven't quite grasped like what the achievement is here. So you did your very first event, uh, all three of you basically did your first event ever in your life last September in the United States. Okay. So, uh, so everybody just, just to involve this here, like uh, I was in Colombia and I was at the CIC games, which was a great pleasure and wonderful to be part of team Barbados. But can I just say to go from your very first event in September of the year previous to then competing in what was quite a challenging CCI one star um, and in uh, a championship situation in less than a year is is truly extraordinary. So I have to say, you know, I will give props to Joss, but but really to the, um, you know, intrepidness of, of all of you guys. Um, but but what? 
I mean, how on earth did you manage? Do you, do you feel it was down to the horses, to the training, to just the fact that you all were so desperate to do it? Because you truly were the first team ever from Barbados to compete at the CIC Games. Is that correct? Yeah, correct. There was no eventing in Barbados before um, two years ago, uh, basically, is when Andrew Hunter came out and, and built the course and Joss came out there. So, no, there was no eventing at all. Um I know for me, I was really keen. Um, I've always been really keen to try to get to the Olympics. Uh, and the first step on the ladder for us is the CAC Games, which then qualify you for the Pan Am, um, which we are now qualified to do, which is awesome. Uh, so I just have to figure out what my next step is. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Um, and Joss was great. The horses we have are all great horses. Uh, they're all Irish sport horses, as a little plug for Ireland. Um, and I think my daughter was very keen, and she had the opportunity. I gave her the opportunity to take a gap here, try and do this, because it isn't often um, that maybe everything lines up, particularly when you live on an island. I mean, people don't always understand how difficult it is to be. It's a beautiful place to live, so I'm not I don't second guess my decision to live here ever. Um, but as far as sustaining horse sport, it's quite impossible. Um, so you do have to be prepared to put your horse on a plane and go away for months on end and then try to run a business remotely and so on. Um, but the horses are amazing. Um, and I think we all worked really hard. You were, uh, you coached Laura and I will have to give credit to Laura cause she, she dug so deep and she worked so hard um, Zoe, I think, has youth on her side, which is always great. <laughs> um, but I'm 44, and Laura's, I think, I think she's 10 years older than me. Um, so for the two of us to decide to to just pick this up and run with it, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a decision taken taken lightly. And I think it's really incredible that we 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 came out of it with a bronze medal. And I'm really proud of the effort that our team put in. And and you know, you've been there the whole way, so you've seen it a bit. So I think anybody knows with horses, there are curveballs that get thrown at you all the time and you don't know where to go next. And there are times it's really discouraging. Um, so it really made it just just so worthwhile to, to have that medal. Absolutely. Monique, I've enjoyed listening to you uh, tell us about your journey no end. And uh, uh, so many times along, uh, as you've been talking, I've wanted to jump in and, and ask questions and just go, wow, and amazing. And uh, there's so many stories going on here that uh, are just, uh, you know, quite astounding. So uh, one of the things that really strikes me is uh, the, the, the fact that there was a decision in yourself and, and your teammates, of course, that you wanted to go eventing have never been eventing before. I'm curious about that to start with. But, but before, before you answer that, I'm going to just say a couple of the other things as well that, that strike me before I forget them, is the age range. So there's the, the age range, just run that past us again, just of your teammates, uh, is, yeah. is, is, is what again? What's the youngest? Well, my daughter's 17. So 17 years of age on the team. Uh, yeah, you I, yourself have said I'm you're 44. 44. And your eldest teammate? And Laura, I I, I think she's Laura's, 53. I'll say 53. 53. Yeah. There you go. I yeah. mean, that is just that is just amazing to have a team made up of that that age range. And I don't mean that in any way disrespect. I mean that is amazing. That's an amazing aspect of our sport. You know, the sport. I'm very passionate about yeah. the sport of eventing, and it, the, the fact is. that you can it compete. Absolutely is. 
not only on a level playing field between you know 16 17 year olds and and no age limit to the to the upper limit um is amazing and, and fantastic that you guys have been able to do that on on one team and certainly it, it shows echoes of the new zealand team with toddy being in his uh, 60s uh, still competing at olympics and certainly all of the the young up-and-coming riders uh, who who you know are young enough to be his uh grandchildren i think uh are, are being on the team with him so it, it's an amazing achievement for that now let me just then go back to uh, that original idea what was it that actually made you go i want to go eventing Oh, all the three of you was what you know was there an event you went to a person you saw an event you saw what was that key moment well i think i've always been a little crazy um i think you have to be a little crazy to do this um <laughs> I, oh, I yeah. play polo as well, um, <laughs> just in, in between, which I was really happy because before when I was just strictly doing show jumping, I was trying, first of all, to get to these games doing show jumping. And initially, if you were a decent meter 40 rider, you could get to the games um, for show jumping. But the games have got really tough. And for example, this year, the finals at the games for show jumping is a meter 50. Um, and obviously, the trying to get horses that do that, the price for them for amateurs is horrendous. Um, and also just trying to, to do that from Barbados is impossible. Um, I would have had to have left Barbados. And I had done a bit of uh, a bit of cross-country when I was really young, and I'd done some hunting in Ireland uh, when I was at school in England doing my A-levels. And I really loved it. I was absolutely thrilled. I, I was hunting with um, with the Kildares. So it was a fairly full-on hunt. And I I just always liked adventure. And it it seemed um, to combine a lot of things that I'm passionate about. I love to gallop. I love to jump. Um, so it just seemed like a really natural fit. Um, I have to work probably most like anybody that is in this sport, mostly at my dressage and I have miles to go with that for sure. I have miles to go with everything, but dressage for sure is the most difficult for me. Um, but it seemed like it was a lot more feasible to be able to to do eventing at a one star level than I I couldn't invest in another meter fifty horse. And I was really passionate, like I said, about riding for Barbados. And I can say very honestly, the first time. I did an event, like I said, which was last September. It was quite a difficult training level event in the Kentucky Horse Park. And I remember Josh doesn't get rattled by a lot. And I remember we walked the course and I saw the look on his face change. And I was like, oh, this, this is not good. <laughs> this is good he's, at all. he's got to practice uh, his poker face then, does he? <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to work on that. But there was, there was definitely, I mean, I look back at the photos from that first event and it, it really wasn't far off a national level uh, one star. And that was my first ever event. Um, I hadn't ever walked across the country course before that day. Um, and, or we walked it two days before that, but that, for that event. And, Joss went, he's like, oh, I'll be back in a minute. I thought to myself, oh, he's trying to see if he can put me down a level, I bet. And he came back and he went, right, okay, well, this is the plan. Um, You're going to jump until you don't want to jump anymore. And then you're going to stop and we're going to go home and I'm going to be really proud of you. (laughs) And And I said, what? I went, well, that really wasn't the plan. And he said, no, seriously, if you go out and you find yourself climbing over this and slithering up that and 
having a stop here. You know, just it's a great experience. We've got loads of time. Just just call it a day. Uh, I went out and I shot out of the starting box. I actually think I got reported because you're not supposed to canter out of the start box. You have to <laughs> come out in a very controlled manner. And I went into full polo mode um, and attacked the course. And I have never been so exhilarated in my life, not in any horse sport I have ever had the privilege to do. And I was completely hooked. And I managed to come second and fifth in my first ever event. So uh, that was it for me. Like that, there was no turning back. Again, there's there's loads more amazing stories there for uh, to, that I could just keep talking to yourself all day. Uh, so it's certainly an inspirational story, and and I hope that many of our uh, listeners will be very much inspired by the you know the sheer determination that that one desire to to represent your country at those games, and you've just made it happen. Um, you know, there's that that is definitely the one quality of uh, a successful eventing person is that determination and that resilience uh, to just make it happen. And, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that when Josh gave you that uh, rather um, uninspiring prep talk, that that probably just made you even more determined to prove him wrong and get through the finish line. But uh, okay. yeah, I got, yeah okay. exactly. So maybe his reverse psychology was actually in the back of his mind, but uh, perhaps he was also genuinely concerned for your welfare, which is probably... Uh, <laughs> It's Probably a mixture of both, I reckon, But it's very impressive. Now, just can you give me a little clue as to the equestrian scene at Barbados? You mentioned it's a little island. So, obviously, you're very involved as an equestrian all of your life, and you're very passionate about horses um, with, with, with everything yeah. you've talked about here. So, uh, clearly, that desire to get to the equestrian uh the cse games uh, as an equestrian was was a, a bit part of the bigger picture of an equestrianism in barbados you know what what's the scene like i mean ha- is there hundreds of people tens of people thousands of people I, i've no idea well i think we have about um we've about maybe our total membership is 70 people so it's really small um Typically, at the top end of the court, you'll only have maybe two people in your class, um, if you're lucky. So you really are competing against yourself largely and just trying to improve all the time. Um, we, I'd say we are very well-established national federation in terms of we do have quite a lot of competitions uh, in dressage and jumping. And now we will, obviously, now that we're back here, get some eventing going because that's really important for me. This wasn't something that I wanted to do as a one-off. I really wanted to get the younger generation involved, whether it be younger in age or, you know, just not in experience um, and bring it along. I have been very involved in solidarity and development of the sport. Um, actually the president of the federation here as well. Um, so I am really active in trying to promote the sport throughout the Caribbean and trying to grow it and start various series for the for the younger generation to inspire them, um, so we do we do a lot here. Uh, we do coaches courses here for FEI coaches courses, judges courses. Um, really, an act a very active national federation with some amazing volunteers. It's a, a great group of people. 
So, Monique, it's it's really been sort of a whole family effort from Barbados to, to get you all to the CIC Games. It was an incredible result to, number one, get qualified as a team, and even more to get a medal, which I know is the, the real goal and an incredible result. But now it's like, let's talk about the future because... You know, we still got the three members. You're all still keen. The next step is the Pan American Games. Uh, now, it was one thing to get yeah. to one star. We've now got one year to get to two star. And then after that, what's next is Tokyo for the Olympic Games. I mean, wh- where, where do you feel that you are right now as a team, as yourself? Wh- what are the goals and what does your heart tell you to do now? I think everybody is trying to evaluate what they can do. Um I don't need to tell anybody that does the sport that it's expensive to do. Um, and it's also, like I said, made more complicated by the fact that we are all based in Barbados. So every time we want to compete, we've got to fly to the U.S. to go and compete um, and leave our family and businesses behind. So that definitely creates some tricky bits. Um, for me personally, I definitely would like to, to do the Pan Ams. I feel very ready to go on to two-star. Um, I, I got... I've done, I think, four clear prelims and now three, um, two clear one stars. Um, so I think I'm I'm okay to go on to the next level. And so I don't think it's a, a difficult one to, to reach the Pan Ams and to be well prepared for it. Obviously, pulling off a medal at the Pan Ams is a whole other thing altogether. So um, I, I'm just trying to, I was trying to come up with a good plan. So I've got to figure out you know, who'll be my coach because Joss is no longer in Barbados. He's now coaching the Indonesians actually for the Asian games that are in a few days. Um, my daughter heads off to Hartbury uh, with her horse. So she's got a perfect setup to continue training as well. Um, but I've left it up to her to settle for a little bit and let me know if she's keen to press on. And I know Laura's doing a lot of evaluating as well. Um, but we have won the team slot to go forward to the Pan Ams. Um, I think I, I may also have won the, an individual spot because I came fifth overall. Um, so I am I am very keen to, to continue. And obviously, I, it's been my lifelong dream to to get to Tokyo. Um, but that's three-star. And so I figure I'll tackle the two-star first and see if I end up being successful at that. And if I do, then why not? Go for it. <laughs> well, every every step of the way, and each each part is a journey, of course, Monique. And um, I, I'm sure that you you and your your entire team have been a huge inspiration to many people. Um, just quickly, I, I I love to ask people for their top tip um for training, but I think in this particular situation, I want to ask for your top tip in people that have a real dream and maybe haven't even started eventing yet, but really want to achieve something and, and feel like maybe they can't, what would be your top tip for those people? Because I think what you all have achieved is, is incredible. So what, what would you say to someone out there who says, gosh, I really want to go eventing. I really want to do one star, two star, whatever, but I just don't know if I can, what would be your, uh, your real words for them? I think, for me, um, you have to believe in yourself. You have to believe that you can do it. And you have to see yourself where you want to get to. Um, and you have to just re- remember not to be intimidated by anything along the way. And most importantly, just put one foot in front of the other. That's all you have to do. Just <laughs> put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forwards. And yeah, there are days that it's really terrible and 
you, you take a couple of steps backwards, but as long as you're taking more steps forwards than you are taking them backwards, you can do it. Well, I couldn't agree more. You have done it. You are doing it and keeps putting one step in front of the other to keep doing it towards the Pan Am and all of those other wonderful things. Now, Monique, how can our listeners follow your progress? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? Are you on Instagram? I, are you a Snapchatter, I a am. WhatsApper? <laughs> all of the above, I, I bet. Got to the, I, haven't got, I haven't got to the Snapchat thing yet. My, um, I do Facebook. I do a bit of Instagram. Uh, my daughter as well. Although she tells me that Facebook is is not is for old people, she told me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, Mom. Yeah, I can't believe you're on me. Facebook. Oh um, no, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I am. I mean, now that we're taking it a bit more seriously, and I'm hoping that we can get a bit of financial backing. Um, I've got some people that are trying to help us get our act together a little bit um, and get uh, a bit more serious profile and be a bit more aggressive in how we. Um, we put our, our story forward and keep people abreast of, of what we're doing. So, but I, I personally am on Facebook and I do Instagram as well. And we will be ramping up our efforts um, to get the word out there. And I figure they made a movie about the Jamaican bobsled team. I did already think that as well. I was thinking this is a very much a cool runnings movie, isn't it? But uh, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll watch this spot and all of our listeners will now uh, jump on board and follow you on Instagram and wherever else uh, your daughter tells us that we should be watching uh, <laughs> and following. Uh, and as yeah. always, all of yeah. the links will be put on our website on the Eventing Radio Show. Monique, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Breaking news from Brit of Britain. In addition to the previously reported 10% off clearance items at bitofbritain.com, by typing Paul and the word clear in the coupon code field at checkout, type Liz and the word clear for free shipping on those items at bitofbritain.com. That's 10% off clearance items by typing Paul and the word clear and free shipping on clearance items by typing the word Liz and clear at the coupon code at checkout at bitofbritain.com. Well, it's an exciting week here on the Eventing Radio Show because the team has just been named for Great Britain for the World Equestrian Games in Tryon in just a few weeks' time. And um, joining us now on the Eventing Radio Show is one of the named team members, Tina Cook. Tina, welcome to the Eventing Radio Show. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Uh, well, we're thrilled to have you on. And um, Tina, uh, of course, you've been a longtime member of Team GB, but this year has definitely not gone quite as I'm sure you would have planned. I mean, a fantastic year last year, a brilliant result at the Europeans with Billy the Red, your uh, team horse for the World Equestrian Games. Uh, but uh, tell us, I mean, you've really had a struggle this year and then just finally it all came together and you had a brilliant win at Hartbury last weekend. But just run us through what your year has been like and if you really expected that you would be sitting here right now talking to us about going to WEG. Oh, no, not at all, really. Um, and it just shows the ups and downs of the sport. Um, Billy the Red is still only a young horse and as a 10-year-old, uh, as you said, he was 10th at Badminton last year and 4th at the Europeans, going amazingly well. And then this year... I misjudged a fence early in the spring and completely my fault. And I had a fall and dislocated and fractured my shoulder. 
So that meant that I missed Babington, missed all the crucial events in the spring. And so that was frustrating in itself because I had three horses um, lined up to go to Babington and they were all fit and well. And um, it's taken a while for me to get back on track. And and Billy um, has been a little bit tricky in the dressage. He's a sharp, he's an amazing jumper and he has a fantastic record. Um, jumping record, but he's just come out this year and been a little bit sharp on the flat. So to be honest, I thought we had sort of blown all chances of, of getting to WEG. Um, I went to Lemoulin and Arkham and I felt after disappointing dressage, he's just got a bit insecure um, being in the main stadium by himself and uh, didn't want to stand still. Um, and so the, the marks uh, was related to that. And um, I didn't want to run in cross country. Um, and then we've really got our act together in the last month or so. So oh, it's, it's been a really ups and downs and so many Brits have gone well while I've been off um there have been some Brits getting some fantastic results and so I have to I have to be honest you know I thought my chances had been blown and I had accepted that um I was going to be taking him to Burley but not as the case maybe now but we're not Burley bound we are try on bound and WEG so uh that's pretty exciting isn't it and uh have you done the maths Tina how many championships will this one be I <laughs> oh god it sounds so awful to say it I actually I haven't worked it out. I can't remember. Um, that um, I was hoping um, you'd done the maths because I can't I remember I've either. Done, <laughs> I think I've definitely done three wigs. Um, uh, the Hague many years ago when I was only 23, I think, and part of a gold medal winning team. That does seem a zillion years ago. Um, but a, a wig is just, look, any team competition where you're representing your country um i feel incredibly proud and and this one is part of it the horse the the different horses that i've ridden over the years um every championship is very special and a wig especially when you meet so many of the other disciplined riders and and to watch other people which you wouldn't normally get an opportunity to do so it's incredibly exciting it is incredibly exciting, and you have been incredibly successful every time you've gone into a championship. Uh, you know, you, your form has probably backed up your, your form at championships over those many years, like you said, since you've been uh, uh, in your 20s uh, competing at championships, has been very, very successful and been very, very good. And that's probably offset maybe the up and down form you've experienced this year, which perhaps a lot of people have uh, watched like yourself and thought, hmm, I don't think Tina's going to get on there because, like you say, the dressage is blowing up here or not being so good here. So do you think that might have been the deciding factor? Yeah, look, I'm sure I'm sure it must have been um, definitely. I mean, we've not heard from the selectors. We just had a – we're in training at the moment. Um, it hasn't uh, been discussed. Um, it, there were so many Brits to choose from this year. And, of course, any selection is, is slightly controversial and everyone has their own opinions. Um, Billy the Red is a world-class horse and, yes, he has lost some form, but – I have had good team team results and it's a team result that every nation is wanting to get that Olympic qualification. So he, you know, I, I, I believe and, and I assume that that has gone in, in my favor, that I have proved that I can hold it together in a team atmosphere. Um, but you know, it, it's, the, the horse has um, a lot of uh, great form. He has a fantastic show jumping record, fantastic cross country record. So, um, really, if we can just nail nail a good test, 
um, I, I hope that we'll be very competitive. Well, part of that controversy has been Team GB uh, delaying their uh, announcement of the the team, which has been, you know, lots of rumours going around that that was due to the the uncertainty of the course, the cross-country course, whether it was going to be full length, whether it was going to be over that massive hill that they've actually tried to flatten that try on, whether it's going to be, you know, shortened course, not shortened course. There was an announcement by WEG and FEI saying it would be the full length and it, the course was ready and it would be as, as you know, daunting a terrain as what everybody was expecting. So it sort of then falls into line that, you know, exactly what you've just been saying, your horse is an amazing jumping horse. Combine that with the rest of the team, with Arctic Soul, another amazing cross-country horse who's, you know, maybe his dressage is not his strong point. So uh, it seems that maybe they're, you know, your selectors, or maybe you've not spoken to them specifically about this, and you're possibly not going to because you're just going to focus on going and winning now, obviously. But um, they've picked a super strong cross-country team. You know, you, you presumably are hoping that it's going to be a really strong cross-country course at the World Games. I, I, I hope so. Um, that's where that's my strength um, is the cross-country. And it was a very strong uh, cross-country at the European Championships last year, which caught uh, a lot of the uh, top riders um, and top nations out. And yes, you hope that the exciting terrain and the distance, and that's where a lot of the nations d- delayed their, their selection uh, on what horses they were going to pick uh, was the dependent on the length of the cross-country. And, yeah, you would look at Team GB's selection, you would look at a lot of cross, very strong cross-country riders and horses that you'll hope that have got four, that have got four-star form that prove that they can get the trip and distance um, that will be needed to be competitive in, in trial. So, yes, that would be very clear in, in their choices. So, Tina, you know, looking ahead, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you've not been to Tryon yet, have you? Have you been there before? No, I haven't, no. Well, it is a fantastic venue, and I think it, it will be an, an amazing experience. But certainly, Mark Phillips has, has done his best to create a four-star within a three-star standard, I think. And um, I think it's been interesting to see sort of some of the teams holding off waiting. And like, like Tappers has said and what you've said, I think it looks like from the GB team that they've sort of hedged their bets on a few fantastic cross-country horses and then maybe taking a few that that on a good day will definitely win a medal do, do you agree with that I mean there's going to be a what we've heard from Mark is there's going to be a colossal hill at the eight minute mark and we've sort of seen it for ourselves and then just a climb all the way until the main arena um yeah, I mean, we, you know, as, as, as our officials and, and our squad have been out and, and had a look um, at the hill, we've seen pictures of it. We know that we've got to be getting our horses fit. And as I said, Team GB this year have got a huge team to be choosing from. You know, we've got riders with fantastic records, great results. And, you know, I'm quite sure it was a very difficult decision for them to, to, to be choosing a team. I think we could have chosen two, two very competitive squads this year. Um, and so, yeah, you look at, look at who they've chosen and, and yes, cross country is going to be a very influential factor as it has proved at Arkham, the Moulin and Indeed. a lot of the events this year where cross country has been very, very influential. So they will be going from that. And Mark Phillips' course at Gatcombe was very technical this year. Um, with which was catching a lot of horses out as well. So um, 
we're hoping that it will be as challenging um, as, as we're hoping it's going to be uh, when we come over. So, Tina, your preparations, are they all done? Is there any more competitions to be done? Is it just wrapping them in cotton wool now? Lots of team training, presuming. Do you know when you're flying yet? All of those sort of details? Yeah, no, that's all details that we have all been discussing today. Um, so, no, it's all, it's all wrapped up because Billy the Red won the CIC at Hartbury um, only last weekend. So he's had his final run. Um, I've got uh, Star Witness to ride at uh, Burley. Um, and there's a few of us riding at Burley. Um, but for Billy the Red, no, he will be ticked over, keeping up his fitness and making sure when he gets on the plane, he's in, in great shape. Tina, that sounds an amazing story. Thank you very much for coming on the Eventing Radio Show and uh, sharing just a little bit of that controversy of the selection with us. And we wish you all of the best luck. And, uh, you know, we're also hoping that it's a really tough cross-country course and try on too. Thank you for joining us on the Eventing Radio Show. As always, to our listeners, we thank you for listening to the Eventing Radio Show, presented by the Eventing Riders Association of North America. You can, of course, learn more about Eventing Riders Association of North America at eraofna.com. We will be putting all of the links to today's guests and topics at eventingradio.com. Follow Eventing Radio on Facebook. Just search for The Eventing Radio Show and on Twitter at Eventing Radio. You're already listening to us, but you can listen to The Eventing Radio anytime, anywhere with the free Horse Radio Network app. It's on iPhones and Android devices. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. And of course, you can also subscribe via iTunes. Thanks again to our title sponsor, Bit of Britain. I'm Liz Halliday-Sharp, and you can follow me on Facebook, Liz Halliday, on Instagram, Liz Halliday-Sharp, on Twitter, at Liz Halliday, and of course, on our website, hseventing.com. And I've been Tappers in your ears, and of course, I'm on Facebook, Tapner Eventing Team, on Instagram, at Tapner Eventing, Twitter, at Tapner Eventing, and I think we've also got a website, tapnereventingteam.com. Thanks for listening. 